0: Hello, friends. Nyanu me Adam Fofo Yina, Rafiki Ami Ore this is Caleb Lamte, your host for the Young and Old podcast. On this podcast, I interview African achievers from various disciplines all over the world. They share their habits, principles, and values that has brought them this far. And stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. Our guest for today is Joel kojo Anaman. Joel is a commercial pharmacist and a career coach. He, he is the founder of Career Wheel, formerly known as Productivity Optimizer. From his days through college, Joel has always been asking the question, how can I help wh- whenever he meets people? Joel is currently a shavening scholar at the University of Southampton doing a one-year master's. He talks about how one can measure his or her impact. You can follow him across social media, searching for the name Joel Kojo Anaman. Before the conversation starts, we want you to know that this program is supported by Kasimo, an online learning masterclass platform for groups. You get to learn skills from the best in the world. To get updated on Kasimo, you can follow them on social media at Kasimo HQ. Kasimo spelled Q-A-S-E-M-O-H-Q. That is at Casimo HQ. Stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. I'm, I'm, work, I'm glad to have you, um, Joel Anaman. Yeah. And I'm glad to have you on the Young Node podcast.
1: Great, great, great. I'm honored to be on this podcast as well. I mean, you've been chasing me for quite some time. <laughs> 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 Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I think those are the kind of people we actually want. Those are doing the things. So you, we always expect them to be busy one way or the other. So I think if you qualify with that with that challenge. Uh
1: uh-huh. well, but I'm highly honored to be to be on this part, uh, podcast as well. Um, yeah. Yes. And I'm all up for <laughs> anything. I don't know how the conversation is gonna yeah. go.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I'm>... definitely <laughs> Alright. I, I I mean I was glad not to share any questions you. I knew you were comfortable with that, so I didn't have any problem with that since you didn't ask. Okay. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> All right, so I think we let's start on a more lighter note. And um, what has been a fun moment you've had um, recently?
1: Oh, fun moment! I'll yes. say, I'll say. Um, so currently, I'm on a scholarship, right? And um, I've had yes. the chance to interact with people from different backgrounds, different environments. The last time. Um, one of my shivling colleagues actually came up with this ice cream party thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, when, when I got there, I met different people from different countries, about 10 different countries or 12 different countries. And, um, it was amazing. I learned a Scottish dance. Uh, and yeah, she did the ice cream herself anyway. So it was more like just fun and vibes. You know, we did Scottish dance. We, we learned some, we did some choreography. And We did some karaoke and all of that, so that was that was really fun to blow off the steam.
0: Right, that that's nice, that's nice. <laughs> so, I mean, what new thing did you we learn in that in that space?
1: Oh, as in the interactions. Yep. Um, I would say that like just just getting to know new people and then their cultures. Uh, the Scottish dance was quite interesting, <laughs> and uh it felt like. Playing like a kid, you know, uh all yeah. over again, like finding yourself in a in a in a in a playground and then playing that's how the dance is like. And I I just enjoyed that moment where I had to free myself up whilst exposing myself to a different culture altogether. So um I think I mean those are the benefits of interacting with people, new people, understanding their culture, their background, the kind of things that they are immersed in. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh. So can you tell us about your childhood growing up, your schooling, how was that space, that 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 period like?
1: Um, okay, that was this uh this is an interesting question. I've never had anybody ask me this question. So uh I'll take you through through the process. So I was originally birthed in um If in uh Takrade. So, my, 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 my dad was a custom officer. I mean, he retired this year. Uh, he was a customs officer. So, um, I had myself, you know, moving with him on transfers. So, I was birthed in Takrade at age four. Um, we moved from Takrade, like with the whole family, to um, the Volta region. So, that was a plow. So I stayed in Aplau for two years in the customs barracks and then we moved from Aplau to, uh, another, shall I say, uh, a village, right? It's called, um, called Poglu. So, um, Poglu was a very interesting place to live at because, um, there was no electricity. We're using a plant basically and the plant will come on at 4 a.m. and Go off around 7 a.m. Then, um, it comes back on around 5 p.m. and then goes off around 12 midnight. So that was like the cyclone, um, repeats. And I mean, it was interesting how I was able to survive in those areas. That was like a little doomsday for me, I would say. Uh, so spending, I mean, that time attending school at Amazing Love, uh, Amazing Love School really shaped me because Think that was where I developed. I mean, in terms of primary school, from nursery to primary, that was why I developed most of the time. And that school was like really good. Um, it was it was it was a nice school, I would say, top notch. I mean, when you go to voter Region, I don't know about now, but those days when you, when you go to voter Region and then you mention Amazing Life School, it was it was the big thing. So uh, after after schooling there, we had to move to Accra. So that was, that's was, um somewhere 2000 and I think 4 because we spent 5 years in Volta region. So um I mo- we moved to Greater Accra region and, and that was also a whole new life for me. Getting into a junior high school, they mentioned that they wanted to repeat me in class 6 and my my dad was not having it, me myself I wasn't having it. <laughs> so eventually I had to switch about three schools before I got into um uh, a school that would accept me and yeah i was able to finish my bc continue to Accra academy the best the best uh second cycle institution in the world that you can get (laughs) naturally you know (laughs) and then i proceeded to uh, university of ghana to um, study pharmacy and yeah so that's like that's been my just a big uh, a bit of a summary of my childhood and where i lived the people that i interacted with all of that
0: awesome awesome so i mean um how what how did you get into pharmacy was it an interest before that time or was a situation
1: okay okay so as a kid i mean as a kid i always told myself i want to be a cardiovascular surgeon i want to be a cardiovascular surgeon so I got to high school in Accra, and I think I I didn't like the biology. I have had issues with reading and all of that. I mean, lately I adopted, I told myself that it's something that I would want to break out of because I've always seen myself as someone who is more audio visual than, um, someone who would pick up a book and read, but that, that has changed, um, in the past two years. Yeah. Um, so. Um, uh, I would say that pharmacy like pharmacy came in, in somewhere around third, second or third year second or third year high school yeah so in Accra car I just I, I, I mean I came into contact with this um, chemistry teacher he's late by the way may so rest in peace Mighty Bilado he he picked my interest in like in 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 chemistry, he was so good and like everything went transformational. So my mind was like, okay, fine. If I can do biology or if I don't want to do biology because it's a lot of reading and stuff, then I would want to more like get a blend of chemistry and biology. So my best bet was either pharmacy or biochemistry. And some way, somehow, <laughs> when we were in high school, I got involved with this free browsing things. So I started developing a love for telecom engineering. So it was also part of my, uh, my uni choices, especially for KNEST. Uh, but eventually I, I, I jumped into pharmacy. And when I got into pharmacy, the perception that I had initially was that, oh, a pharmacist can prescribe all sorts of medicines, you know, um, They can, they can more like, yeah, basically do what, um, a doctor, a doctor does, right? Like a physician does, but I was met with a disappointment. I mean, pharmacists have a role to play. Um, I would say that the missing piece over there for me was that I I never had someone who would guide me or tell me about, okay, this is what pharmacy really is, or this is what, um, medicine really is. So um, getting into pharmacy, I made that disappointment, but at the same time, so I found opportunity in pharmacy because I realized that pharmacy had a lot of opportunities, right? Um, You're not limited to like the consulting room or the hospital. You have like several facets that you can um, practice in. And for someone who is um, very vibrant and very sociable, I felt like that was, Serendipity for me, like, <laughs> yeah, I got into something without really having the full scope of, uh, that particular course, the, that particular program, but I ended up loving it, um, through and through. And yeah, that was like, that was really how I entered, um, university with, um, pharmacy in mind. And mind you, my dad wanted me to study medicine. My mom was like, Whatever program you want to study for me, I'm I'm low key backing you. <laughs> so um, what what really happened was that when I got the forms, KNEST forms were, um, they were like physical forms, paper and pen. So I filled out that with my my parents, right? So I had to I had to choose medicine as first choice, pharmacy as second choice. But then when I was filling the legon forms, I had pharmacy as first choice. Um, I think by chemistry as second choice and some other choices. So when it was somewhere around 2017 or 2018, that was when my dad discovered that I actually chose pharmacy as first choice at Legon. What <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, happened? <laughs> I don't know, it was it was this one of these conversations and then it came up I was like, Oh, so I had to choose um Legon for Legon because it was online I filled the forms myself, so I had to choose pharmacy as first choice for Legon and then choose medicine as first choice for KNESD. And he was like, How did I do that? I did that without his consent, but he's happy anyway because uh I turned out fine. So that was like that was that was an an uh, should I say aha moment for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. I mean, thought he was okay with it. So you yeah. are the usual medicine disappointed guy.
1: Yeah, I would say I I wasn't there I had a different form of disappointment. Not that I went into I went into uni wanting to study pharmacy. Okay, I went into uni wanting to study pharmacy. And um I I I went in with different expectations, but I met a different reality. And then I still decided to retract and then make good use of make good use of the opportunity. And it's been it's been fulfilling for me, if you would ask me. So I wouldn't say that um, I'm a disappointed uh, medical student. No, I would say I I choose I boldly chose choose um, chose to read pharmacy, just I turned out differently, and I also seized the opportunity and then went along with it.
0: Okay, I mean that's that's fine. So what was the dream job? Before, let's say, high school, what was the dream job?
1: Oh, as I mentioned, it was like, um, being a cardiovascular surgeon. I mean, I was, I was like, yeah, I want to be a cardiovascular. <laughs> and I'd watch this, uh, uh, this movie, um, interestingly enough, um, oh, what's the name? Was it this child with a hole in heart thing? Um, it was a movie by Denzel Washington so his son had a hole in heart thing and they had to operate on him he didn't have money, he held a hospital hostage blah blah blah, they were able to do the operation and it was successful by the way but in the end they, they had to I think they had to process him for court or something I don't remember the details but that whole movie got me inspired I was like yeah, I mean this is a validation for me to, you know help people with heart diseases and all of that but I, along the line it just i don't know things do change so it just changed for me in high school i think practically because i started um thinking twice about biology and then reading and i really don't regret making that decision by the way so yeah
0: oh all right oh, that's right so um as, mm-hmm. i mean you moved on this journey what was the first job i mean you came across in your life or after let's say after school what was your first job when um did get that job
1: my first job was actually in uni i would say it okay. was a contract job yeah it was a contract job so um i had the chance to work with this organization called sanisphere it's a pharmaceutical market research organization going to understanding trends in the market and helping big pharma and even local organi, um, local pharmaceutical companies make um, the right market decisions using data. And you can see that there's a, like, a, there's a huge gap um, in data when it comes to like Ghana and even Africa as a whole. So, um, I had the chance to work with Sunny I mean, I interviewed for it and I had it uh, mainly because, um, not only based on competence, yes I was competent, but also because of the fact that I also I was also president of the association. or let me say uh, incoming president of the University of Ghana Pharmacy Student Association. So it was like more like an agreement between the association and the um the organization. So I had the chance to work with them and that was like a, a big eye opening moment for me because then I got exposed to the different side of pharmacy which was more like commercial pharmacy. So doing engaging with Sunny Sphere for the first year, I did that contracting for three consecutive years. It was always on the long back. So I think third year long back, fourth year long back, and during my national service that period. That 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 um, is it like July to September period before my professional exam so after doing it for some time i felt like this is something that i would I'd would want to um get into i want to get into commercial pharmacy and uh so my closest bet was then my actual career after um after after school so i had become a pharmacist Right. Okay. Well, I was in the process of becoming a pharmacist, writing my professional exam. I was doing, um, Sanisphere, and then, um, uh, the, the, the country manager for a company called MEC gave me a call. So I was in Kumasi and then he gave me a call. He was, he was, he was then the pharmaceutical society of Ghana, the chair, the chairperson for pharmaceutical society of Ghana, Greater Accra, um, regional chapter. And because I was association executive, I had worked with him, um, for some time for our week celebrations and stuff. So he called me and then he mentioned that, oh, he needed someone to, um, do an internship at MEC, blah, blah, blah. So, um, he was wondering if I could put in, I mean, give him any recommendations or referrals to a couple of people. So I told him I was going to get back to him and all the while I was like, okay, let me look for someone. Then I had to sit down and then reevaluate it. And then I said, Oh, this is actually something that I want to do. Why don't I pick the opportunity myself? And it taught me one lesson that, um, sometimes this voluntary stuff that we do in school, this leadership kind of opportunities that we expose ourselves to sort of gives us this leverage, right? It gives us access to people. And so I seized the opportunity for myself. I didn't ask whether there was going to be salary or whatnot. I just called back and then mentioned that, you know what, I am also looking at doing something like this. So when I'm back in Accra, first thing, I would move to your office and then we can see how we can uh, move on with this. So, yeah, I moved to his office. It wasn't the internship wasn't something that was um that was part of the business. Process. He introduced this, he introduced it because he was passionate about mentorship. And yeah, that was, that was the, the beginning of my six months internship. Trust me, I wasn't, I wasn't given a salary. It was an unpaid internship. I was doing my evening shift somewhere at Ajingano. So I wake up in the morning, get to work around eight at MEC, close around four, four thirty, move to Ajingano around five. Do my evening shift from five to 10, then move all the way back to the house, get home around 11, and then the cycle repeats itself. So I did that for about six months. I, I had to use, uh, money that I had saved from sunny and all of that to, I mean, take care of myself, my transportation and stuff. And, um, by the sixth month, um, I had a chance to, you know, interview interview with I mean not interview because I had interviewed in the previous month so I had a chance to start uh, work with um, MEC that was my first job as a commercial pharmacist as a medical representative so I actually tapped my motivation from what I did in sphere leveraged the opportunity that came my way did a six months unpaid internship and then landed my first
2: job Wow.
0: I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. I mean, if not for this conversation, I wouldn't have known some of this, um, voluntary work. I mean, a lot of this and the sacrifice that has gone into it. But mm-hmm. in your, in the, in your statement, you mentioned you didn't know about commercial pharmacy until yeah, you encountered, yeah. like, um, wasn't this something taught in school? I mean, wh- how come you didn't know about it? Just wondering.
1: Okay. Um just to backtrack that I'll say that I didn't know about commercial pharmacy till I started Sanisphere. Okay. Yeah. I mean I had heard about um medical rep, medical rep, medical rep, but as to getting in touch, like having that tangibility, right? It wasn't yeah. there. And I mean mostly what was taught in school was the traditional roles, like the um very conventional roles. So we know hospital pharmacy um, community pharmacy, industrial pharmacy, even regulatory pharmacy, like the FDA, the the Ghana standards authority kind of, um, pharmacy wasn't really something that was taught actively in school. So it was community hospital industrial pharmacy. And yeah, so I decided to go the, the unconventional routes, um, of going into marketing or commercial pharmacy. And yeah, I enjoyed like that was like the initial phases. Doing Sunnysphere was the initial phases for me, and then now taking making good use of that six months internship also exposed me to a whole lot of learning. And I mean, I had I'll say that the bedrock of um, my career is that six months internship because I had that mindset orientation um developing that work, uh, work ethic that, that attitude towards work it was all due to um my should i say my mentor uh, mr edupon or now dr edupon who who exposed me to all these principles and then it set it set me up for a very good career at least i i've enjoyed my my three and a half years of being a medical representative <laughs>
0: So for people in pharmacy, um, what advice would you give to them if they want to try the unconventional way?
1: Okay, um I'm giving it a thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say that I'd say that for people in pharmacy, right? Uh yeah when when I was in school, like I remember when I was in third year, I discovered echo. Echo uh, yeah, ECHO House, exactly, on yeah. campus. And yeah. I I joined ECHO um, in third year. I learned okay. photography ECHO. I learned social media marketing in ECHO. Um, I learned events organization in ECHO. I learned how to develop a proposal, not directly with ECHO, but we collaborated as a pharmacy Inform- student association. We Thank had you. some... That we were trying to put together, and I learned through that process, I learned how to develop proposals. So um that those were like things that were quite unconventional. And for as a matter of fact, I was the only pharmacy student there in okay. Echo at that time. So people thought that hey, this guy is not serious. I, mean, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <That>. <laughs> then again, for me, it was more like an exploratory moment for 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 me. And if I are taking something like photography seriously, like by this time, I'll be some rich, you know, pharmacist photographer somewhere, ah. but unfortunately, I didn't. Take, I mean, I I I, I treated this as a hobby, and I don't regret doing it. It was it was really nice doing photography. At a point in time, I was shooting pictures, events for cool peeps. Uh, I mean, shared stage with Shatawali and things. When I was in uni, <laughs> it was wow. like, it was, it was really an amazing. A serious pharmacy student. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I was a student doing all of this was really amazing. But, um, I realized that those, those things, they all came together because at any point in time, if I had to organize an event, I, I mean, I wasn't nervous or I was really bold with organizing events. If you trust me with an event, I could pull it off um whether at work or outside work for the association I could easily pull it off and I pulled off um one of the best events with my my team of executives like social trips and all of that and um beyond that to the social media stuff that I got exposed to um when when I finished doing when I was doing my national service I set up some little social media marketing, um, should I say, group. So we run a couple of campaigns for um, entertainment brands, most most importantly, and um, also like the Ministry of Gender. Um, Also able to, I think I was able to um, set up the Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana. You know, it was just more like, okay, I have this skill, let me just transfer it because I know it can be of value to the people that are around me. So the pharmaceutical society of Ghana, I was able to put them um on Twitter and all of that. Okay. And it was an amazing experience for me. So um I'll tell you that as a pharmacy student, if you really want to go unconventional, you have to immerse yourself in a lot of things. Break out of like the pharmacy circle because you realize that after school, if if you don't immerse yourself in a lot of these things after school you have very limited time to go back to these same things that can give you access to opportunities so occupy leadership positions be part of active groups it doesn't have to be only echo there's inactus there's isec you know there's um i think rotary has their um their uni group kind of thing so you can you can leverage this opportunity network with people get to know them hone your skills And by that way, you become very valuable. You stand out because you never know when these skills come together. I didn't know that social media was, was, was going to be to have like a huge impact for me because through social media, I was able to have access to like leadership of the pharmaceutical society of Ghana and all of that. And it's all about delivering value to people, right? So yeah, if you want to go unconventional, do unconventional stuff. Don't be boxed up in pharmacy and then limit yourself to only the pharmacology and the pharmaceutics and the and the likes
0: yeah so um then how did you get into
1: career coaching
0: i mean from all what you're saying i didn't see any point where um there was some i mean scope of career work or coaching others in it maybe i missed that part can you tell us about it
1: okay um i would say i i inherited that trait from my mother So my mother is really passionate about capacity development. I remember back in, um, Volta region, she, she, she knows how to do this tie and die stuff. She's able to sew all of that. She does, she has a a big range of, a whole range of skill set. And, um, I vividly remember that she would gather the, the women, the wives of the customs officers were in the bags. Um, she would gather them and then teach them the skill and then they would, you know, put together their own, they contribute their own stuff, buy their own materials and then learn and then trade for themselves. And it was really nice. And it's something that has, has been with her throughout, even at church, she's passionate about giving the young ladies some particular skill to, you know, fend for themselves, like create some um, particular business for themselves. So it's something that I, I think maybe I picked up being exposed to it. Um, so many times I picked up along the line. And so, uh, in uni, I remember in uni, um, when I was in fourth year, I mean, even before fourth year, like I was really passionate about helping people. For me, it's about, it's about making, making life easier for people. So I remember when I was in fourth year, I encountered these, um very very vibrant guys uh one is ease one is acid (laughs) they are all between boys, uh jonathan and then benjamin and uh benjamin to me that he actually picked that photography from me i it's something that i never knew he mentioned that he picked that photography from me and he now has like a, a a fully fledged business photography business right and um for me i couldn 't you know i couldn 't carry carry on with my photography career but it's it's great to see that I was able to push people or inspire people to get into that space for acidce or Jonathan he was de- designing our, our, our flyers like posters and all of that because I felt like pharmacists had their capacity and if we could inspire them and then give them the center stage, they would be able to um contribute to like the the pharmacy student association so that was like the beginning of coaching for me um but i would say my real real coaching started from when i was almost done with uni so like um third year i had a very bad cv a very poor cv i had to just adopt what my um senior colleague had put together and then use that for my sanisphere job application but fourth year I realized that there could be more to, um, um, building, building CVs. I think by then my sister was, my sister was, um, was in Oxford doing her masters. So I reached out to her and then she shared a template, her CV, her actual CV with me. I saw the template. I was like, this looks good. And I realized that there were so many elements that were missing. So I proved further and then she gave me a whole orientation around, you know, building the resume and all of that. And then I was able to build a better version of my resume. So it was, it was beyond template work to like understanding some concepts and things to represent in your CV. Then I thought to myself, I saw a lot of people, I mean, my colleagues, right? Most of them did not know how to um, build resumes, just like how I was. Maybe I was privileged to um get that coaching from my sister. So I took it upon myself to sort of, you know, build my skill, help people to, you know, build their resumes for free. And that's how I started. Now when I got into MEC, when I got into MEC, uh, I had the chance to encounter Dr. Edupong as I mentioned, a phenomenal man. He's like he's a top professional business coach, um life coach as well. And he transformed my mindset like most of the concepts that i use currently in my coaching career coaching um frameworks and stuff he gave me a lot of insights into that it wasn't really directly into career coaching but it was in in the context of um working in a business having that mindset of being able to track your progress using data points understanding how you are contributing value to a company or an organization so it's more like having a personal M&E system in place, like monitoring and evaluation system in place. So then I went out doing a lot of testing. Um, he was passionate about mentorship as well. We partnered on um, a mentorship um, event for my alma mater. Um, we, we, we did a couple of programs together and even did a long-term mentorship program as well, collaborated with him on that. So um, I would say that the, the actual coaching started, um, after school through my time at MEC, having that mindset orientation. And then, um, I started helping people with resumes, resumes, resumes. Um, in 2019, in late 2019, I realized that people were abusing it. I was investing a lot of time, but, um, people would not, you know, they would come for a first session and they never turn up and all of that. So I decided to commercialize it and it's been one of the best decisions ever because it reduced the pressure on me right that's like cutting off the assets that people had initially and then at the same time I was able to filter out those who are really um thinking about um putting in you know putting in work when it comes to their personal development or professional development and that's been that's been an interesting um thing for me since twenty twenty. So that's when productivity optimizer also um came about as um as an organization.
0: All right. So that means I mean you saw a need for um I mean resume coaching, resume writing and all that. And does it does it imply that if you are given I mean a service or a product for free and think it should be commercialized or for people to value you must commercialize it. I mean, does he imply that? And there any comments on that?
1: Um, I'd say not necessarily, right? You can still decide to, you know, have it, have it given out for free. You just have to put systems in place to make sure that people are not abusing it. So are you going to do a pre-screening? Are you going to secure some level of buying or you know, are you going to have some agreements with them? Right. But for me, it was really about. It became more of not just building resumes for me because a resume is just a document, right? And I always tell people that when you come to... So now it's no more productivity optimizer. It's career view. We are in a transition phase. So when you come to career view, we are not thinking about just building a resume because a resume can, you know, it's just a document. Anybody at all can write a resume. What we do at career view, um, we have the resume being... Should I say a byproduct, the main focus is to help you adopt that mindset of owning your job. So when you are working in an organization, you are thinking about how can I add value to this organization. And a lot of people do amazing stuff across their um their the course of their their careers. But what they fail to do is to really track the impact of the work that they do for Communication. You know, later you'll be communicating whether you're communicating through CVs, through um, um, interviews, through um, personal statements for scholarships and all of that. There's some form of communication, and lots of people do miss out on that aspect. Right, being able to think about the impact, measure that impact, and then document those impacts. So that is when you come to career appeal. That is really where our focus is on and if you're able to do that effectively building a resume is just um some easy work for you to do so that's that has been like the evolution right and um the, the the whole idea of i know you asked about um how to you know reduce access to people abusing your stuff i mean how to reduce the rate at which people abuse Certain free services that you're giving, but like I'm expanding on it to also show the evolution um, that we've we've gone through as well. So commercializing it was um, big for me because I realized that it wasn't just um, a, a minor problem or just a resume that I was writing, but um, it was more of solving like an underlying need that is of use to all professionals, whether entry, mid-level, top executives, etc.
0: All right, that's nice. So, I mean, bringing in Career View, what has been one of your big success or biggest success for Career View?
1: Oh, my biggest success for Career View was this year. I mean, we've had a couple of successes. I mean, it's a small team of about um, uh, five people. I mean, we are we are still onboarding five people. That's like taking myself out, right? Um we are still onboarding, um, people as in, um, uh, resume writers and all of that. And this year was, I mean, this year has been amazing for me because we, we were able to get, um, like someone, a software developer who finished school in, um, I think 2019. We were able to get him a job, a remote, um, role, um, with an annual salary of 108,000 US dollars. So that was like the biggest, wow. the biggest, yes, <laughs> it's the biggest mind blowing b- win for me. And we are actually, um, developing something around that, a product around that actually. So, um, yeah, for us, you know, when we work stuff and then it turns out to be good, we decide to look at how we can scale it. So that is something that we are working on currently.
0: Okay, and, and what has been one of the challenges you faced and how did you I mean, address that challenge
1: um, challenges I would say I'm still facing them <laughs> so yeah I'm still facing them like building building a, a, a service business is tough because um, you'd want to maintain some level of quality and getting the right human resource is also very key so my biggest challenge has been to get the right team so if I have like a very good team um, that I'm super proud of and I'm looking at adding on to them yeah I've done a couple of recruitments right and it's been tough it's been very tough because doing the migration from productivity optimizer to career view and combining it with my MSC like a one year UK MSC is is it's been way crazy and this is um, for, for, for most of the roles, the people, the team that I have, they are more like part-time people. So it's not like a full-time role. And I'm looking at, okay, expenses, you know, if am I able to hire a full-time person because I'm not able to hire a full-time person. Now I have to make sure that I'm, I'm building the stuff at the same time I'm studying for school and it's been really challenging. But I mean, I've had, like, I've had a very good support system beyond my family their team has been very supportive and i'm really proud of them um i want to give shout outs to them baba ikea thelma kwame um, um berima they've been they've been super amazing and um we are adding two more people as well so that's that's like that's a major thing running a service business making sure they are getting the right quality of service out there at the same time, scaling is quite tough. And that's been my biggest challenge so far. But the 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 hiring the hiring process is underway. So hopefully we'll be able to get people to um to join the team to also make sure that we are scaling rapidly as well.
0: Wow. I mean thanks to all the guys who are making career wheel a success. Yeah, we are so glad to I mean know them from their yeah, boss or their senior man or what is it or see you alright?
1: <laughs> I I love to say I love to say I'm just a team lead or something. Okay, well, team lead founder. Founder found most of the time. And oh all right. Yeah, they are founder. They
0: <laughs> are yeah, founder, that. okay, that's nice. Congrats guys, you are doing well. I mean and do you see yourself doing this um for life? Or so what how what do you see come out of this? I mean, in the next 10 years, 15 years.
1: Well, in the next 10 years, our our vision, actually, our long-term vision is to, like, see um, professionals develop an ownership mindset. At the same time, a growth mindset. So um, each and every person working, whichever place you are in, like, you're having that sort of mindset where you're looking to solve problems. You know that you're owning the job as though it was yours. And you are making the right decisions. You are, you are hungry for scaling, upscaling yourself. You are hungry for making sure that the organization is being successful, right? So that's like our our vision and we are putting so many, um, systems in place to make sure that that becomes a reality. Career view is not, um, it's not going to stop anytime soon. I can't even see it stopping maybe two generations or three generations down the line because the the gap is still there and we are still, I mean, evolving. So there are lots of things that we are looking at currently. We are working on maybe, um, like we're working on a tool that if you're able to, um, plug in some information, right? Like it's more like a, a diagnostic tool. plug in some information. It gives you some feedback. Based on which level you are in your, maybe your job search, whether you don't know what to do or, um, you're looking at switching your careers or you're looking at having some form of negotiation and all of that. That tool would automate a couple of things for you and give you some initial, um, guidance. Beyond that, too, we have like the elevate program that we are looking at, which is um, what I mentioned earlier about getting the remote jobs. So putting top skilled um professionals, right? Highly skilled professionals into um remote USD paying jobs. So that's also another thing that um we are looking at. And one other thing is like our research stuff. So we want to also delve into research. You've seen people throw about facts like, oh a recruiter uses about six seconds to review a resume or you, you need just six seconds to show um a very good impression but then again um most of these studies do come from the west and the terrain is quite different in Africa so we would want to understand how is how are things in Africa and all of that so we are looking at championing some minor minor researchers in these areas to come up with facts that are africa tailored yes so um that's 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 um something that um, we are on to and um, this is something that Yes, I'm looking at um working on full-time, or even if I'm not able to work on full-time, I'll get someone to um run it on a full-time basis. But in the meantime, I'm focusing on um getting the right team, putting together our culture, like our culture should be top-notch, and um, also scaling our services so that we'll be able to hire more people. Yeah.
0: Wow, I think this is awesome. I really like the part where you talk about getting information related to Africa. I mean, that is Africa related because there, there's a lot of information we get and we even share that are most on the Western. If you have to take it and try to implement it here, you realize that they don't really match up with our culture. They don't match up with our way of life and all that. And I think I work towards yeah. that. It's a great move for the team and I mean, for Kaya will as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, so um, what is the thing you know or you've you found out in your work in career, that most people don't know? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Are
1: you able to give some clarity? Um... Alright, so it
0: can be okay. It can be an information. It can be a way of life. So let's say if it was IT, somebody say um, let's say when they checked when they started watching how people save their documents, they usually save the document. A funny name, or their first name, and the date and time, or something that. So I mean, something random. It can be anything random. It can be oh, okay, details. okay.
1: For me, it's I mean, it's the bedrock of um, like like uh, the work that we do at Career Who, as I mentioned. People do not they do not track the impact of their work, measure it, and then document it. We've seen it. We've seen it so many times, like so so many times. Like I'll say. About 95%, 90 to 95% of the jobs that we've worked on,
2: uh,
1: around that. You get it. So people are not able to, um, I don't really know, but I think it's the orientation. And I had, that was the orientation that I had in 2016, um, with my mentor. And, um, through that, I was able to sort of, um, incorporates that into the kind of work we are doing at career view so being able to recognize that okay whatever i'm doing if i'm doing this particular task even if i'm under administrative personnel whatever i'm doing is feeding into the effort of the sales people and i mean the sales team and then the, the the sales team's achievement is a reflection of the contribution that i'm making to the sales team so you're always trying to understand how your work is generating some impact. And if it's generating some impact, you would want to find out what impact it is in a measured form or in a quantified form. So that's what we sort of expose people to, to understand that, okay, whenever you're working, think about how I'm contributing to the organization write it down i mean document the kind of contribution are you helping them make money if you are helping them make revenues how much revenues are you helping them to make are they growing their revenues are you cutting down their their losses or costs how much is it by 50% by 20% and we have like a framework that we we developed ourselves to to help people understand um these kind of contributions and the thing is that if you don't document these things, you can easily forget them. You'd lose sight of them and when you need them the most, it's either you you would lie or you you do a bit of um estimation, which is something that um we don't encourage our clients to do. So yeah, that's what we are we are we are focused on. And that's one thing that I've seen that's yeah. a huge gap with a lot of professionals. Wow. This yeah. this is
0: insightful, this is insightful. And I think on the on the lie part or oh, estimate, it, it happens, myself, I've been in that position a lot. You won't mm-hmm. remember because you need it at the moment, but because you couldn't document it, you just don't know the exact thing. Yeah, and I, I
1: think... mean, estimation is good, right? But lying yeah. is not. not lying is yeah. <laughs> <it's> not. <laughs> God help us.
0: All right, <laughs> so well, what are some of the things you do um, to improve your work regularly?
1: Okay so um process documentation doing a lot of um reflection so as part of our as part of our values our values are ownership curiosity and transparency just three values and that's what like drives the quality of our work so um curiosity has for this particular question that you asked um i'll say curiosity in our in our values, we stated that there that, that curiosity is like the gateway um to our learning and that's the only way we can um attain continuous improvement. So um we encourage our our clients to be curious and internally to we encourage ourselves to be curious. So if let's say we are supposed to help a client land a job and a client don't land a job, the first thing we get curious about is okay, what happened? How did they go down? What lessons can we pick? Let's let's document those things down. Let's refine, use a different strategy, and go again. Right. So that is one way of um um doing things. The the other way too of following curiosity is like learning. So for me, I've been I, I got curious. I I've never asked. the the fun fact is that the interesting fact is that I've never sat in a CV clinic ever before. Never wow. ever in a CV clinic before, but just by being curious and then continuously learning. So curiosity, learn the stuff, test it, see the outcome, document, curious, learn, test and all of that. And that's, that's something that has helped in, in, um, continuous improvement, right? For, 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 for us as an organization. So, um, that is, that is something that i would i would i would say that i would encourage anybody at all if you are curious enough like you would find out a lot of information and information opens
2: doors all right
0: and um, so what keeps you motivated i mean in life
1: ah, motivation well, it's, it's a, it's a whole lot of things. I'll say career field is one of the things that keeps you motivated. Trust me that this way you don't get the results that you, you look out to, you, you, I mean, you project, but then, um, you, you look at the, the previous wins and your previous failures and how you are able to come out from those failures and then apply that same mindset to um, the business. And so for CareerBuild, it's been like a motivation for me every day. If I wake up, I feel like I have a purpose and the purpose is to make sure that people are getting the right mindset towards their job hands, they are securing jobs, they're able to take care of themselves, they're able to take care of their families, you know, that kind of thing. And that's that's like one major motivation um, for me Whenever I wake up, I think maybe that's like God's purpose for me. That's why I'm also chasing it. Um, I'm chasing it really, really fast, and then with all my efforts. So that's um, where I tap my motivation from most of the time. Career view.
0: Alright. So if there's if there's um, a book or something you're reading, what's it on now?
1: Um, I'm supposed to read Delin Startup, but. As I mentioned, school has been tough. I'm going to be honest. I've not had time putting together dissertation, reading research papers. It's been, it's been crazy. But, uh, the last one that I read was, um, by Carl Newport. So good, they can't ignore you. It's something that I'd, I'd urge people to, um, do at a point in time. I thought about quitting my job and then going to do. Productivity optimizer full time would have been a disaster. <laughs> it would have been a disaster. Um, uh, Jeff Bezos like this. He, he, he started Amazon. He was a, I think he was a VP of an investment bank or something. He had like, he had a, a big position. He, he had like yeah. the, the finances and all of that before he moved out. But most often than yeah. not, we are mostly driven by the word passion. So much that we, we we get blinded. Yes, you should have passion, but underlining that passion, you should have the right competency. You should have um, you should be doing things that people are willing to pay for, right? Before you think about jumping into that as a career, and you should be able to build to some level that can take care of your basic uh, your basic needs. And so good they can't ignore you. Will tell you that sometimes you don't need a passion. Build a skill right, build the competence and then the passion will follow or you find a way to incorporate the passion um, into that. So it's it's a book that I would, I would urge um, anybody at all to read. It's very insightful. And someone introduced it to me uh, when I told them that, oh, I was going to study business analytics and I, I might be moving away from pharmacy. And then a the person mentioned that career capital is important, being able to build on what you've done in the past. And then blending the new things that you learn into that makes you unique and makes you stand out. And that's like a big summary, a major summary from um the the book So Good They Can't Ignore You. It. So it's something that people can take a look at. By Carl Newport.
0: Alright, I think you had yeah, the second guest I mean recommending that book. And yeah. oh, the first nice. one was by Sheda Kubiyani, he's from South Africa. I was an entrepreneur, blockchain entrepreneur. So this is interesting followers can listen this is so good they can't ignore you back on Newport, right yeah 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 all right so what do you do in your leisure times
1: my leisure times ha. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> i mean coming 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 to the uk to study for my master's it's been um a bit of traveling and hanging out with friends And back in Ghana, I'll hang out with, with family. I, I also have like some very interesting nieces that I had to deal with. So, um, sometimes, I mean, when they were around, it was like a a really good bonding moment for me. There are cases where sometimes I feel that I'm, I'm so serious because I enjoy problem solving so much. So at, at my leisure time, I'm looking for problems to solve. (laughs) As I think it gets, it gets, it gets too serious. So I, I decide to unplug and, and you know, take a walk, uh, talk to people, get on social media like Twitter, interact with people and all of that. I'm very sociable too as well. So, um, that's, I'll say that's um body's leisure for me, interacting with people, interacting with my nieces, um, solving problems, like any problem at all. If I can, I mean, I'll just give it a shot. Yep. And yeah, so that's
0: that's leisure for me. Alright, so we are we are coming towards the end of our podcast, but I think I have the last two questions. One I mean I mean the general questions, one on what success means to you and who comes first to mind when you think of success.
2: Hmm. What
1: success means to me. Yep. For me, success is about if I don't answer correctly, kindly draw my attention to it. But success is about... I, being I,
0: I don't able... think there's any wrong answer here. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. But success is about um, being able to create the impact of set out to and being able to measure that impact as well. Right? So creating the impact and then measuring it. So like, this is a goal. I'm able to hit it. The other side of success that um, I I learned from this book um, developing a leader in you was a growth mindset. So even if you are not able to hit your goal, what did you learn from the failure? Right. I mean, failure in quotes. My, my, my mentor told you that it's either you win or you learn. You never fail. You only fail if you don't learn from your inability to hit your goal or your target. that is where the real failure lies. So. There's always like a lesson for you to pick that if you're able to do your honest part, you give it your all and things don't go as planned. There are so many biases, but your ability to sit down and then do that reflection and say, okay, this didn't happen very well. Next time, this is how I'm going to go about it because of ABCD contributes to your success. So for me, those are like the two things for me. Although like I have like a goal mindset, like I need to create an impact and for me the impact is like with respect to capital development and i mean human capital development and being able to measure that impact as well i'm also having that growth mindset that okay initially i wasn't i wasn't um at this stage i've been able to move from stage a to stage b that's like worth celebrating and that's contributing to um my success So yeah, that's that's for me. That's what um, success means to me: measuring impact and then also tracking your growth.
0: All right. So if you had a big or a major billboard by the roadside, let's say N1 Highway, I mean, Naka, what would you want to put on it? What statement would you want to put on it for people passing by?
1: (laughs) Quantify the impact of your work. Well,
0: All right. I mean, you found that so simple. I think it's already registered in your
1: mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something that I'm always like. I'm always hammering. Like I keep saying it over and over and over again. Quantify the impact of your work. Because if you don't quantify, like you like you wouldn't really know whether you're yeah. You'd have it on your eyes. Okay, maybe I'm becoming better and all of that. But when it comes to you communicating it to someone else objectively. Yeah. that would be a challenge if you don't quantify so that's like my major billboard sign come to think of it i need to write it down
0: <laughs> definitely Um. i mean in line with that is <laughs> there any other way you like to share with the youth any parting words you like sharing
1: um well i'll say do have fun i had fun in uni i did a lot of fun stuff in uni and i learned I learned as well. I mean, when I re- realized that first first um first uh year, at the end of the first day my GP was around two point seven five or something. It was it was dipping in the Lua and I had to bring it up. <laughs> I'm not saying that Lua is good. Please don't get do you yeah, <laughs> first class, do get it. But make sure that you are balancing that first class with real life skills because the speed the pace has switch the pace at which the world is moving, it's really wild. So if you are getting your first class and all of that, make sure you are interacting with people, building the networks, occupying leadership position, building their skills and contribute value to people, focus on solving problems and contributing value to people. And that's it. When you make people's life easier, it opens a lot of doors for you. Great,
0: great. Alright, so before we talk about where people can reach you, have some lighting round questions. I call the no lily questions. They're just straight answer questions. I ask the question, give me your straight answer and we move okay. just a few questions. Okay. Right, should... So I'm starting. If you were granted a three month all expense paid vacation to any part of the world, where would you go to? Space. Space? Okay, wow. If you had a chance to live in any African city, which city would you be?
2: Mozambique,
0: <laughs> city. Nice. Oh,
1: city.
0: what's like yes, I Mozambique. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I have to. I have to check
1: that. Let me see Mozambique. <laughs> but if it's if it's if if I don't even get that, it's it's either that or let's say Cape Town.
0: Okay. Yes. And um, all right, So I think is it Maputo? Oh, yeah, Maputo. Maputo. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, Maputo. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. 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 Right. So, mobile money, bank, and um, fintech app, which one would you prefer?
1: Momo, Charlie. Momo, completely. <laughs> Send me uh, the Momo. <laughs>
0: and if you had a chance to start all over, what career would you choose? i
1: will choose pharmacy again. Wow. But I would learn mm-hmm. how to cook on the side because money did that side.
0: <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite <laughs> food?
1: Jollof. No brainer. (laughs) Ghanaian Jolov or Nigerian Jolov. Proper Ghanaian Jolov, please. Don't bring (laughs) Jen into this one at
0: all. I (laughs) guess you. Your favorite mobile app.
1: Hmm. Uh this this (laughs) five. I'll I'll give it to I'll give it to Twitter.
0: Okay, hey, it's Twitter agenda people have won. Android or iOS. Oh iOS. Solid. (laughs) favorite place (laughs) to think of ideas
1: the beach or at a party that's very weird about me hey my my ideas pop up in parties yes Uh,
0: (laughs) what's the first thing you look out for in a new environment people okay and finally code or no code
1: Wait, wait, I mean, is it like the code or no code that I understand? Yes, the
0: code or no code you understand. Code, 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 (laughs) code. All right. So, (laughs) I mean, that was the end of our lightning round questions. Finally, (laughs) where can people reach you, follow you?
1: (laughs) 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 Great, great, great. Thank you so much uh, for this. Um, In the meantime, we are beta testing our website. Uh, You can check us out, www.mycareerview.com dot com mycareerheal dot com um, via email you can either send us um, an email on productivity optimizer with a z at gmail dot com or ask at mycareerheal dot com on our social media platforms when you search for productivity opts like productivity opt um, on twitter instagram facebook you'd get us when you search on LinkedIn is productivity optimizer. And um, we are still in the phases of doing the migration. So, um, in the long run, it will become my career view. So just, um, be on standby for that. So yeah, that's how you can reach us and then we'll be able to help you, um, with anything soon. We'll be launching, um, this, um, marathon where, um, for one day in a week, we dedicate that to, Reviewing resumes for free, like giving comments on them and providing our free resources. If you're able to use those resources as well, then you can, um, I mean, you can work on your own resume. If you want a one-on-one consultation, then that one you can always book with us. So it's something that, um, we are going to work on. So be logged on that.
0: All right. Thank you so much, I mean, for having you. Joe.
1: It was, it was insightful. It was fun. It was all I could expect.
0: Thank you so much for making yeah. yourself
1: available i mean I like the, the 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 ending. I wish all the interview was just like that, end. you said you got what the lights <laughs> round
0: yeah, no lily questions. I mean, I picked that lily from a Nigerian friend so. Ah, look, gotta, yeah, yeah, so,
1: yeah. So Charlie session. I enjoyed myself, and thank you so much for um trusting me with your audience and I hope that people picked um a word or two out of this.
0: Hey guys, thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. We promise to bring you new episodes weekly. So kindly subscribe on the platform you're listening to this epi- this podcast on. And follow us on social media, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Young and Old Podcast. And YouTube as well, at The Young and Old Podcast.